Hello all, it's Zach. I'm not actually on this episode, I'm just editing it, and something is happening to Dave's microphone. 2003 is the year of bad audio, um, so Dave is like maxed up, blown out, screaming, the mic is pressed against his vocal cords <laughs> throughout this recording, not sure what happened, I tried to clean it up as best as I could, but uh, you're... It's okay. You're going to win sometimes <laughs> when he really hits those low notes, high notes. I don't know. When it gets loud. Um, but bear with us. We know it was a problem. After this, we figured it out. There's only so much I can do. Um, but thanks for your patience. Bye. The year is 2003. I'm Dave. I'm Charlotte. And this is My Marvelous Year. Welcome to My Marvelous Year, the podcast and reading club where we go through the history of Marvel Comics from its origins to today. I'm debuting founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com, and I am joined today by someone who I almost corrected when they introduced themselves. That's how used to hearing I'm Zach <laughs> I've become <laughs> at the beginning of the introduction. It's Charlotte Pierre. How's it going, Charlotte? Yes, I have taken over for, for Zach. I have uh, killed and replaced him. Finally. Um, so I will now be the new uh, journey woman, I suppose. The comic book um, journey woman. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I, I think we can we can graduate me from two experts. Like uh, I think that's uh, that's that's that seems fair. Yeah. yeah, I have no problem graduating you imme- immediately nice. and instantly, <laughs> <laughs> despite my pushback. No, it's crazy. Like I've done that intro so many times yeah, with Zach, yeah. obviously. That when you say. I'm Charlotte, like it sounds like you're saying the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get that, I get that. <laughs> yeah, just uh, a very slow brain working this morning. But hey, welcome to My Marvel this year. This is 2003, part three. Today's going to be an all-cosmic special, crazy cosmic episode. Like, I don't think we've ever had an episode this cosmic, and as far as the actual That's, that's story. true, yeah. We're talking... Yeah, it's full, full cosmic all the time. It really is. We're talking the relaunched Captain Marvel number one to number six. Then we're talking Marvel Universe, The End, and Thanos to Jim Starlin, Thanos series. So again, all issues that we talk about are listed in the show notes. You can also find access to the full spreadsheet over at uh, patreon.com slash mymarvelousyear. If you support us for as little as $1 a month, you can get access to that spreadsheet and read away. Um, But of course, it's otherwise free to play. We just include everything that's upcoming in the show notes of the episode. You can also go over to comicbookherald.com slash my Marvelous Year. Just go to MyMarvelousYear.com, actually. And that'll show you what the list used to be. What they used to be. But there are uh, pretty consistent changes as I go through it for round two. Charlotte, normally when we speak, we have a guest on the line. And we try to <laughs> cede, you know, a fair amount of airtime to them, right? We try to give them, um, you know, sufficient space to, to feel like they're getting their guest Mike's money was worth, and uh, our most recurring guest obviously like takes that and runs with it, right? Like, like really, yes. really uh, downs the mic. Um, Charlotte, I feel like we don't get to talk a lot about how do you feel about Marvel Cosmic? Do you love it? Do you hate it? Ooh. Is it fine? Is it not your thing? Like, what is your what's your stance? That's interesting. I think the first episode I was on Marvel, my models here, where I, when I was like literally just a guest, uh, was Infinity War. I want to say, yeah. Um, so it was like one of the big, uh, big Stalin cosmic uh, episodes that we haven't seen in ten years by now. It was probably exactly ten years ago, um, which is interesting. And we haven't really seen any big good Marvel cosmic in the meantime. One would argue we still haven't, so we'll talk about that. Um, <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, it's interesting. I got into Marvel Cosmic from the modern stuff, from some like movie era Guardians of the Galaxy stuff. Um, and then I went back to the big classics, the, the eighties to nineties, uh, Stalin stuff. Oh, like seventies and then nineties, uh, Stalin stuff. And between those two, 
I don't even know what's going on. I know like there is a big renewal of the Guardians and the cosmic stuff a few years from now with the annihilation and that kind of stuff, which I haven't read at all. Like I know some stuff from there, but I haven't read it at all. I'm really excited about that. Like it's a big era of Marvel, big part of Marvel that I know next to nothing about. So that that's exciting. Um, but yeah, the, the late starting stuff, like the what we read for today, I'm mildly interested in as a whole. I guess I'm just kind of ready to move on from that vision for Marvel Cosmic, even though, like, like huge, incredible vision. Like, yeah. the Infinity Saga is awesome. Thanos Quest, one of the best Marvel comics of all time. I'm ready to have some fresh blood, I guess. And uh, this felt a bit for me, uh, to me, like, kind of the same thing we've seen for 20 years from Stalin. And not that new, I guess. Yeah. Which was a bit disappointing. But yeah, what what did you think? Yeah, no, it's an interesting take. I mean, I think I think in many ways you're right. Like I am I'm definitely one of the world's biggest Jim Starlin fans and defenders. Yeah. Um I I shared this earlier and it's something that I don't know, maybe it's obvious and it just I'd never put it into these terms before, but like Starlin's character arc on Thanos is the best villain's character arc in Marvel history by several thousand miles <laughs> like yeah. like no one has <laughs> the control and the vision and the resume over decades that starlin has on thanos specifically because um, like there are characters i could argue that i like more potentially you know dr doom chief among them but dr doom's you know narrative from from lee kirby to to hickman to whatever's happening now is is completely muddled right and it's got a million hands in that story whereas starlin is telling you know about as close to a creator own vision as you can get with a character um you know from 1975 to here we are in 2003 and they're reclaiming it again because they were annoyed that other hands got in that kitchen (laughs) you know in the late 90s with uh with some of those you know thor and and uh what's the steve Englehart one that we skipped um cosmic no idea it's not cosmic odyssey that's a dc thing oh celestial quest we skipped that one um okay so anyway it's it's amazing amazing work like nobody else gets to do that thing and i love the thing that he's doing is the other part of it i do have to admit and we're jumping ahead to kind of the second part of you know that in terms of what we read right we're a captain marvel we'll come back to that um but i want to talk marvel universe the end and thanos first because i think they're probably the most interesting well, it feels like a bigger comic in scope and for Marvel in general. Like For sure. Than, that the legacy of the character of Thanos, both in Marvel Comics at this point and just in general perception of Marvel, is huge. And, uh, and Jim Starlin doing that is like... Yeah, like you said, it's incredible that he got to be... to own that character for as long as he did. Even though, like like you said, some 90s stuff by other writers, that's not what you think of when you think about cool, older Thanos no. comics. You think about Stalin and only Stalin, basically, which is... Which is impressive. Yeah, yeah, and it's super unique. I mean, that's uh, there's just yeah. not a lot of situations where that's the case. Yeah, I can't think of another example. Like, Clement on X-Men, but if, like, that has an expiration date that I don't think... Like, that, that Stalin is still doing some Thanos stuff, I think, in tw- 2023. Claremont on X-Men um, has, the, has, like, the consistency and, and duration, like, durability factor, right? Where yeah. he's doing it for 16 straight years, whereas Stalin jumps in and out, you know? Yeah. Because um, Thanos is, like... 73 to 77 then like 89 to 94 you know it's like these big jumps yeah um that occur and then you know a decade later he comes back i mean i think what is interesting that you're getting at at the end of what you're saying in terms of it feeling kind of old right and feeling old-fashioned being ready for a new vision is what i think is most remarkable about thanos quest and infinity gauntlet is that as a creator coming back to a thing after 13 years away yeah. And upgrading, right? And doing work yeah. that is as good or better, I would say in Thanos Quest case, better. You know, it's it's more streamlined, it's more focused, and I think just a, an even better read than the Thanos War stuff with Adam Warlock that I like in the 70s. Um, it's amazing that that stuff's as good as it is. But then you see through Infinity War and through Infinity Quest and, and the Infinity Watch, like, okay, there's a, th- there's a limit on how good this stuff can be. It does start to trail off. It becomes way more insular. It becomes, you know, you, you have to be a pretty diehard Starlin fan to want to necessarily read all that stuff. Yeah. So he takes another break. 
And then he comes back a decade later. We talked about Infinity Abyss in 2002, which is pretty muddled. And I think at the time I was like, okay, this comic's not actually very good, but I like reading Jim Starlin writing Thanos. And I think that review holds generally true for Marvel Universe The End and the Thanos solo series. Um, Of the two, I think I like the Thanos solo series the most. But I I will also acknowledge that in both of these books, generally I want to read words coming out of Thanos's mouth and I want to kind of bypass everything <laughs> else <laughs> you know yeah, I mean that's why like specifically with uh, Marvel Universe the end like that final issue is the best because it's just a, t- a Thanos issue it's just focused on Thanos being god basically yeah and I think the four to five issues before that are pretty middling pretty middle of the road Marvel events that doesn't get room to breathe and that's not particularly interesting but then when it gets the time to focus on Thanos then yeah starting doing Thanos is great right um but like, and he does some really interesting Thanos post post victory stuff uh which is like which we don't get to see often with any villain yeah so let's um, let's talk and- about that cuz that's the part of this that I like so I want to yeah. I want to celebrate that first which is the thing that I like the most about Starlin coming back to the character and coming back to Marvel Cosmic is his biggest agenda here is we need to progress this character. He's not the same character that I wrote in 1989 and in Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. Like we, I, he and he, you know, he's consistently making the point. He's like, no, like there's a character arc here. He's not the lover. He's not just doing things for Lady Death. He's not just um, the pure symbolic embodiment of nihilism anymore you know and starlin says these things very overtly he is not a subtle creator <laughs> like <No. laughs> like he writes everything he's thinking um but what that means is you have in marvel universe the end you have a new power source akhenaton an egyptian pharaoh who's gifted celestial godlike powers through the heart of the universe and you have thanos going on a, a classic thanos quest to grab that power and he does it and he wins and he becomes god in every sense of the word now and there's there's care taken here to say like okay yeah when i had the infinity gauntlet you know i could control all these things but like that was through a device it wasn't i wasn't just one with the cosmos essentially which is what thanos becomes and it's kind of fascinating because it's sir darlin has to keep finding ways to be like all right how do i go bigger how do I upgrade yeah. the stakes for Thanos and the power that he has? And then also, what I think is most interesting is he's like, and how do I stay true to the character and have him just not enjoy that? <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, he gets that power, and he he's like, it's, he, I think there's a quote in the Thanos solo series. He says, I gained omniscience, and I found it wanting. And that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, I mean, it, and it's not the first time he wins. Like, we've seen him win in Infinity, the first one, Gauntlet. Yeah. Um, we've seen him win over and over, but then he gets beaten. Here, he wins in a way that doesn't allow for... to Like, he hasn't just won. He's become everything. He's become the writer, basically. Yeah. Uh, and like I think Stalin is using that to talk about Marvel Comics as, like, a, a structure of, uh, of art. And not just like do a, an universe story, like, like Thanos's relationship with death, and this, like he talks about what he wants for death in a way that very unsubtly talks about character coming back from death all the time in, right. in Marvel, yeah, uh, which is which is interesting, uh, interesting interesting twist to 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 Thanos's uh, quest, I guess. Um, but yeah, he he wins in a way that it feels like there can be there cannot be a a like more than this afterwards like there can there cannot be a bigger victory now you can go you cannot go further from here yeah. like f- either for Thanos or for Stalin um so i think my main complaint about the Thanos the the series Thanos is that it comes after an ending for Thanos and it comes after the ultimate ending for Thanos i feel like mm-hmm. and then where do you go from there and Stalin's answer is kind of like well, he has been a bad guy all his life. He has tried destruction and and death all his life. Now he's trying to do something better, be a force for good. And I don't... I like that as an idea, but I, I'm never able to believe it mm-hmm. in the way 
even the other characters in the book believe it, in the way Adam Warlock specifically believes it. Yeah. Like by the end, he comes to accept that that's who Thanos is now. And I'm like, what? Huh? <laughs> Why? <laughs> like yeah. he, he's still an a hole. Like I, I don't know. I, I guess. I mean, it's 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 a hard thing to do. It's the hardest thing to do. One could argue, and I don't think it fully works. Like I never actually believe that that's what Thanos is doing, and I don't know how much of it is a failing of the comic and how much of it is like that's kind of just where you have to be with Thanos, even if you want to do redemption, like. I don't think you can ever be in the state where, okay, Thanos is just a good guy now and everyone believes that. Like, yeah. that's... I don't think that's a good, like, direction for the character. No, right. And it's... I mean, I think what you're describing is the thing I find most interesting about the Solar yeah. Series, which doesn't necessarily mean I think it works. I think I kind of net out where you're at. But, like, the challenge that Starlin is faced with, which is something we talked about in the Infinity Bist thing, too, because that's a giant size story... Um, but it's just this thing of like, all right, you've had this character win. You've had this character become God. They get everything they want repeatedly, you know, and they always yeah. self-sabotage. How do you keep doing that? How do you keep doing that and, and have it not go stale? And even the, the you know, so the narrative arc of this 12 issues Thanos solo series, which is the really the first Thanos solo series. I mean, Thanos Quest is, you know, too oversized. It really like kind of just like a graphic novel is really what it should have been. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's first now solo series, which is a, a big deal. And the general bent of it is, yeah, Thanos has come back from having everything. And he's like, all right, let's try something new. And he wants to become a force for good. It's not quite as black and white as like, now I'm a hero. You know, like there's a lot of yeah. conversation around like, no, like my my resume is, you know, un uncleanable. Right. Like you cannot wash away the stain of all the things and Adam Warlock's like oh like maybe it wasn't so bad and then I was like no it was really bad <laughs> like, <laughs> like he's Adam Warlock is really willing to forgive cosmic genocide he is he is he's like <laughs> which isn't that surprising for Warlock but yeah <laughs> right totally um but yeah so it's like it's kind of doing a a very a subtle tweak on that but I mean yeah the general reading of it is going to be Thanos breaks good you know, he's the the narrative arc of the first six issues here is Thanos goes to Rigel, a planet that he committed gen or a, to a people he committed genocide towards previously. He surrenders himself. He says, "I'll do whatever you want. I'll help you." And they're like, "Okay, great. Galactus is here. Please help." And and that sets off and running for Thanos to try and help, um, you know, stop Galactus. And uh, and and that leads to all sorts of cosmic things that we can get into. Um, I like the idea. Of Thanos as a cosmic force for good. Like if you take, if you take away the kind of more traditional, oh, this former bad guy is going to try to be a hero now, which is a thing we see a lot, right, on on Earth on yeah. Marvel comics, um, and you do it instead of like Thanos being like, oh, I'm going to position myself against Galactus and Eternity and you know Chaos and Order, right, on that really cosmic pantheon scale. That's an interesting position to put the character, I think. Um, yeah, it doesn't fully work. It doesn't fully. I mean, work. I, th I think it's missing a kind of internal conversation about what that actually means, uh, in a way, because like sometimes it, it comes through as Thanos now caring for the people he's fighting alongside, even though like we don't know what changed in him to make that happen. Uh, like, why does he suddenly care about Pip the Troll or, or Namor? Like, why does he care that Namor is getting killed? Like, that's weird for Thanos. Right. It, that's not weird in, oh, he's trying something new. It's weird in, like, that doesn't quite make sense. Um, but I, I think, like, I agree with you that the big idea of Thanos trying to... Because it's about good in the cosmic sense of it being a, a I don't know, a, a law of the universe. Yeah. Um, in the very... I know, metaphorical nature or allegorical nature of the, the big cosmic ideas of the, the Marvel Universe. And that idea is fun, but I think it's too bogged down in... I, I don't even want to, to say that it's too bogged down in Thanos' internal workings, but, like, it's it's not reconciling Thanos' internal personality with those big cosmic ideas, in a way. Like, what does good mean to him? What What is does he actually change in the way he talks to other people he what his relationships are yeah. does that change and the way it changes don't necessarily make sense 
Um, and I don't know if like it just needed more time. Like if that story should have been told in thirty issues instead of six, maybe that would have helped. Um, I don't know. And also, like to be honest, I didn't read the Infinity Abyss. I've missed some Thanos and stuff. So maybe there is development there that I haven't uh. actually read. But um, yeah, it just feels by the end of, oh, by even by the beginning of Marvel, the end, like oh, this is this is a kind of a different Thanos, and I don't quite get why. Um, yeah, but uh, like like you said, big interesting ideas, execution. I don't know, time for the execution, maybe missing. Uh, yeah, I think it's yeah. I, I mean, you raise an interesting point. I mean, I think the most charitable reading is after Infinity Abyss, after the end specifically. You have this character that has literally been one with everything and that that might change their perspective slightly um coming out of that and having like remade reality right like like because you know thanos uses his godlike power then to reset the universe which of course right because the weird thing about marvel universe the end is so we've you know there's a few other the end stories and they're like okay these are like possible the final story of the hulk or wolverine right and marvel universe the end reads that way because it's like early on, it's like the Shi'ar are off the board, the Fantastic Four are off the board, like everyone gets taken out, right? Um, and then, but then when you start reading the Thanos Solo series, it's like, oh, I get, that's like in continuity, <laughs> like that happened, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know. So it's not dissimilar from Infinity Gauntlet, where it's like, and then Thanos put everything back together. Um, so in terms of like him valuing people, they are creations he remade. <laughs> You know? Yeah, that's that, that's true. Um, uh, but but I mean, that's not stated. Problem... I'm I'm reading into that a lot. Yeah, no, no. But I, I do think that's interesting. That's an interesting thing. I I will say my other problem with Marvel Universe the end is like okay, it feels like a big event in that like it's a huge villainous character that's taking over the world and killing everyone. Yeah. That's a huge event, but it never actually feels like it while reading. Like everyone dies. Literally, basically every superhero dies, and it never quite. feels feels that dramatic like even compared to in infinity gauntlet like you know they're gonna be brought back but there's still the, the character's reaction when everyone disappears is like oh they, this is like really scary and they're reacting to it in a normal way yeah. in that they're scared and worried and anxious here it's like we never quite see that no one like thor learns that all of his friends on earth all of the avengers finish for everyone is dead and he's just like Okay, time to go with Zeus uh, <laughs> meeting the cosmic entities. Yeah. It's like, man, you don't care about them. Does no one care about any other hero in this uh, in this version of the Marvel universe? And the answer to that is just like that's not the focus of the comic. The focus point. is, yeah. yeah, exactly. The focus is the big uh, the big fight between Thanos and the in the what's his name, the Pharaoh. Uh, a like, a real pharaoh. Kenneton, thank you. A re- yeah, <laughs> a real pharaoh which, in the world. <laughs> kind of weird. Yeah, um, but yeah, my favorite uh, part of this is Kenneton abducting every world leader. <laughs> yeah, including George W. Like, Bush. It, you know, including like all actual like George W. Bush is there. Putin is there. Like yeah. all real life world leaders, and then Doom, Black Panther, and Namor in there also. <laughs> I know, <laughs> which is a very funny visual. You know, it's funny. I. I feel like so. Like Marvel was very comfortable doing that during the Bush administration. Yeah, stateside. I, I, like I don't. Who was who was the leader of France during the the two thousands? Was it? Um, oh, that I don't was even know. Jacques, Jacques Chirac. Okay, maybe yeah, maybe, maybe Jacques, Jacques gets gets some appearances as well. I really yeah. Oh, I, I need to I need to go back and check. If, uh, <laughs> yeah, Jacques is on there. Yeah. But I feel like that that has totally changed. Um, I feel like it's a post Trump thing. Uh, because I think they were probably yeah. it just I don't know. There was like. There was like a sense of like, oh, we can use the president's likeness um, comfortably, and then I feel like Trump is so divisive and and just like just a flaming ball of hate that they were like, we cannot put that on the page because it will, in it bas- our comic will burst into flames. Yeah, you know, so it's like presidential likeness is like no longer used. I, I feel like that yeah, has totally gone away. Because throughout, especially throughout the Ultimate Universe, like you see specifically George W. Bush and his entourage in, in numerous times in Mark Miller's uh, Ultimates. And then I can think of a few different comics with Barack Obama as the president. Yeah. Uh, specifically one Spider-Man comic, I think, is like basically a team up with, uh, with Barack Obama, I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah, there's a Spider-Man uh, team up. That does happen. 
Um, and then I think there's an Alpha Flight comic in Civil War 2 where Tony Stark is boxing with Justin Trudeau. Do I get that? <laughs> right? I, I think I remember that from Civil War 2. That sounds like maybe the uh, best uh, issue of Alpha Flight to ever exist. Yep, probably. Uh, but then, yeah, yeah, Donald Trump isn't has never been the president from Marvel Comics. Or may, maybe he's been referenced post I'm sure. administration, but I I mean, there's a reference where he's that. turned into a MODOK in Spider Gwen. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> that yeah, got yeah, some yeah. attention. Anyway, I like. I I know Starlin's pretty liberal. I think if you've read his yeah. comics and you know his his history, you probably know that as well. Um, but it, you know, even Starlin, like like it's not just Bush too. Like he's doing the straight up the full presidential cabinet. <laughs> like yeah, 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 Rice and uh, Colin Colin Powell and Dick Cheney and anyway, um, all that stuff's there. But yeah, it's like I I do think you're right that the difference between Infinity Gauntlet and Marvel Universe: The End, aside from the plot basics, is Starlin wrote Infinity Gauntlet like a proper Marvel event from the perspective of the whole universe. So we get takes yeah. from different characters. We get different perspectives. Marvel Universe The End is entirely from the perspective of Thanos. And it's cold and calculating as a result. Like there is no yeah. emotional impact. And I don't think I don't think Starlin cares, frankly, um, because it's like, no, that's not the story I'm telling. The story I'm telling is this journey about Thanos and power. Um, not about the Marvel Universe ending. Are you crazy? Of course, yeah. it's coming back, <laughs> right? Like you know, like it's just it's just not even pretending, um, which is fine, yeah. I think. But it's 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 all very fine. I think at the end of the day, I mean, so here's kind of tying back to what you were saying at the beginning of this. Like, I cannot overly defend any of these as secretly being awesome. I think they're all okay. I think if you're a huge Jim Starlin Thanos fan like I am, you're gonna want to read those bits. Um, I like the Thanos series, solo series, the, probably the most of the bunch. But it is like, if you tell me on paper, yeah, it's a Thanos vs. Galactus showdown with a new cosmic entity who eats reality showing up, that should be a lot better <laughs> than this yeah. actually is. You know, just on paper, that sounds really exciting. Um, I think the biggest problem that I have now that I'm realizing is Starlin never changes. And I think I really like his just philosophical takes on, on Thanos and Warlock to the point where that doesn't – that's kind of comforting and that doesn't bother me a ton. But it is also something I would criticize 98% of other creators for, you know, like like if, if Chris Claremont being chief among them, right? He shows up in 2003 having never changed and it's yeah. like it's like, oh, this doesn't work anymore. And I think you could levy the same criticism at Starlin. Like, like the amount of floating heads and exposition and just really long-winded dialogue, like it's it's all the same stuff and it's got a comfort food nostalgia to it, but it is like, oh, you you just never, like you're not you're not trying to like change your ways. <laughs> you yeah, know? I mean, I feel like reading this in 2003 might have made for a very frustrating read mm -hmm. because like it feels like you're reading a comic from 1994. Yeah. And maybe even before that I, the art is by Al Milgram who I mean I'm never the biggest fan of the guy drew Secret Wars 2 well it's, uh, <laughs> it's Starlin Pencils and Milgram Bell? Inks I think throughout oh I thought Milgram did everything okay fair enough I think um, okay okay uh, but it does feel very, I don't know, it It felt like it needed a more modern approach even just to visual storytelling yeah. Um, because it feels very... I know it feels Infinity War lights in a way, or Infinity Saga yeah. lights. Yeah, um, In the... There's never the big, wild, uh, cosmic visuals that you get in Thanos Quest. It's very, like, the most basic version of that. Like, it, it is fun to see. It's not... It doesn't look bad, but it doesn't look as... It's missing that it's missing that visual spice that I think some earlier Stalin stuff had. Yeah. Um, and I, the like floating head and Thanos talking directly at the audience for like four black pages. Man, just write a novel. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what you gotta do. <laughs> you know. Like that's funny. It's, it's pretty boring. Like it doesn't make for an interesting visual experience, yeah. which you should have in a comic. Yeah. Or like. If that's the case, just go full modern Hickman like data pages. But this is it has a foot in each, and it's I don't know. It just feels kind of boring, which is annoying because it's everywhere in this comic. Yeah, I mean, I do like. Yeah, it's true. He does do that a lot. Um, yeah, I do like the one the one visual. I don't know if it's a trick, but like 
just the structure of hunger, like like kind of watching that bit's what's fun, happening yeah. and and really breaking the fourth wall. Um, this is in the Thanos Solar series. You have Hunger, this new cosmic entity who looks like um, Haunter from Pokemon <laughs> and eats realities. <laughs> um, yep. And, uh, and but there's like all these panels just on the bottom of him watching, him waiting, him commenting, and then ultimately saying, "Oh, you can see me," and like talking directly to the reader. Uh, I do like that setup. Um, and I honestly, I will also always be here for. Thanos' floating head commenting on whatever's happening on the page, <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> which Charlotte likes to employ a lot. Uh, I will be here for that. But yeah, it's just, it's a thing where it's like, it's funny. It's like this, this work is all about how there needs to be character progression and, and an attempt at growth for Thanos. But as a creator, you're pretty set in your ways, um, yeah. which your ways are like some of the most influential in the history of comics <laughs> so that's cool yeah. uh and i like them but uh but yeah it's just like i don't know like you it, it is kind of that thing of like okay like we need a passing of the baton and i think this is what you're getting at where it's like all right it's 2003 now like we have marvel knights like we have comics moving the bar forward and these are pulling it back um who's gonna who's gonna take that baton and move it forward and we're, and we're gonna get there Peter David. <laughs> so, let's talk about Peter David and Chris yep. Cross's Captain Marvel. Uh, so you and Zach covered the... So there's a previous Captain Marvel series that, that Peter yep. David writes from 2000 to 2002. That's the one I don't didn't want to read at all. This is the one that <laughs> is more memorable to me. Now, so the series, it, that first series ended with like, I don't know, some several dozen issues. And then it gets canceled. And Bill Jameis, president of uh, Marvel at the time, uh, writer of world-famous Marvel, declares that there's going to be a contest. This is where Marvel comes from, actually. And the contest is, he's going to write Marvel, Peter David's going to relaunch Captain Marvel, and whichever book sells better can carry on. <laughs> <laughs> there might have been a third player, but whatever. Um, so that's... So, like, we have... We, in talking about Captain Marvel and any criticisms we have of it, we do also have to acknowledge that it is like sort of responsible for ending Marvel, which I think is several stars. Like, like the idea that Marvel could have continued for twenty five issues. <laughs> yeah. It was already the worst comic of all time. Like, what? Holy yeah. Hell. So I mean, yeah. credit where it's due. Credit where it's due. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> what a credit. Yeah, exactly. Um. I mean, you could also look at it the way that that bets gave us one of the, the the worst Marvel comic of all time, and one of the worst comic of the 2000s. <laughs> I would argue. Oh boy, coming in hot. Oh, okay, okay. So, oh so let me start here God. then. Yeah. Okay, so this this series, I remembered liking, and okay. I liked it because the first Captain Marvel run is so back to basics nostalgia stuff. It's Janice yeah. Bell. He's the son of, of the original Captain Marvel. He's the new Captain Marvel. He is one with the cosmos. And he's he's switching places with Rick Jones out of the microverse, right? It's doing all the classics with with the original Starling Captain Marvel stuff. Um, but that series feels like, you know, my worst criticisms of the Avengers by Busiak stuff, where it's just like old-fashioned yeah. um, throwback stuff that is, to me, just a slog. To read. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of boring, but there's not much more meat on the bones to criticize. Yeah, yeah. It, at least to me. Generally harmless. There, there's stuff to talk about. In, <laughs> there's certainly stuff to talk about. There really is. In this version of Captain Marvel, yeah. What I remember liking is this to me felt like the book that was Peter David looking at like, oh, what's Marvel Knights doing? Like, what, like, what are we capable of doing in comics now and doing a serious... <laughs> <laughs> approach yep. to to a new Captain Marvel. And the premise here is Janice Vell is one with the cosmos and basically his inability to save everyone all the time drives him mad. Okay. And as a result, he increasingly descends into kind of insanity while Rick Jones is trapped in the microverse because he never lets him out anymore. Premise wise, it is interesting. It, it is interesting. It has odes of of Superman problems. It has odes yeah. of what we saw with the Sentry. Um, 
doing it with this cosmic character where, you know, Janus Vell is nobody's favorite Captain Marvel. Janus Vell is <laughs> is a consistent third <laughs> in yep. in the cap actually probably even lower. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, the, you have Carol before that, you have Monica, you have Marvel. Yeah. I'd argue Philavel, we haven't seen her yet, but I'd put her above. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Janisvel is deep in the in the list, in the rankings yep. of, of Captain Marvel. So you can kind of get away with doing bad stuff to this character. Um, yeah. Okay. The... <laughs> I've also talked about how I'm very nervous to reread certain comics that I remember liking because it's yeah. been, you know, a decade. And as Janisvel has gained cosmic awareness, I have gained some... <laughs> minimal <laughs> in like like uh cultural and and just like you know like quality increases in terms of my own expectations for what comics are capable of um yep. i you know like listen there's no good way to say this but i've gotten a little smarter <laughs> in a decade <laughs> just a little and uh oh boy this first issue is bad oh it's something it is bad <laughs> it like, is something it is I, I truly, I bet you when I read this a decade ago, I was kind of like, oh, it makes me feel a little weird, but uh, what's going on on the cosmic side? You know, I'll just focus on that. Uh, now, when I read it, I'm like, what? What is happening? <laughs> like, Peter David, what are you doing? He's He is trying to take on the issues. Okay. Yeah. He is trying to make some giant social commentary here in 2003, post 9 11. So we've got ourselves. Suicide bombers, we've got ourselves gun violence, we've got ourselves drug dealers, and I just, it is hard to imagine a comic more efficiently working through well-intentioned but completely misguided approaches to commentary. I mean, it feels like a Redditor wrote Watchmen. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of what it feels yeah. like. Like, it's very Dr. Manhattan in the idea of a someone gaining cosmic conscience, conscience, consciousness. Oh my God, it's a tricky one. Um, I, was try, I, I <laughs> yeah. try to avoid it, <laughs> whatever possible. <laughs> <laughs> and like trying to reconcile with knowing everything that's happening all the time and the consequences to every act, and trying to do good despite that. Yeah, that's like that's that that is. If you just look at that as a theoretical idea, that's interesting. I'd love to see. I mean, that's going to sound mean, but I like to see anyone but Peter David <laughs> writing that. <laughs> I mean, so here's my problem. And I don't, I'm trying not to be too mean because he's a real human being. He's a person. Um, but like, I don't trust Peter David to try to write, I don't know, about his big ideas for how the world works and the nature of humanity. Yeah. Because it's not interesting. Um, he doesn't have anything really interesting to say this is just like oh <laughs> drug dealers are the worst people on earth uh -huh. and they have killed people since they were three years old and they do not deserve to live but should you kill them that's basically as far as the debate goes yeah yeah <laughs> um and then you follow like a woman trying to explode a bus in i think israel i think it's supposed to be israel and a muslim woman trying to explode a bus and like what Janusvel has to do, should he kill her? What and that and it's like always kind of there's always kind of snark behind them. It, it never feels like he's giving the situation quite the the reverence yeah. it would deserve in a way. He's always kind of trying to have I don't know. He's always trying to make it funny. Even even like the art sometimes just visually trying to be funny or kind of ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And it. Ugh. It's just annoying. I don't, reading this is just kind of annoying, I will say. And then, like, the first issue ends by... So, Janisvel has a choice. He can either, like, stop a, a big cosmic war between two warring, like, cosmic empires or stop domestic abuse, like a man killing his wife, yeah. I think, basically. Yeah. And he chooses to stop the big war because more people's lives are at risk. And then <laughs> the big tragedy is he realizes... He realizes the woman he lets die would have become cosmic Jesus and united all of the cosmos. Yeah, yeah. And that's like, okay, so you're not taking this seriously at all. Like, you're just, it's the most 10-year-old version of ethics, of, like, philosophical problems. And it's just not interesting. And it's just 
pretty bad and like to the edge of being kind of offensive. Yeah. I would say. And yeah, and that's just the first issue. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're going to have to release the version of you that is that is not holding back on the Patreon. Or that's going to be on patreon.com slash year because that was <laughs> generally pretty scathing. Um, I mean, once again, I'm like, I'm trying to criticize the art and not the artists. Yeah, sure. Whether it be the, the writer or the, the visual artist. But like... No, that's an important distinction. Like nothing against... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Peter David. I mean, I think, you know, listen, and we've I talked lo- about... Like, I love early, like, Hulk yeah. by Peter David with Todd McFarlane. Great comic. Some of my favorite Hulk comics ever. Yeah. Like, right after a little Hulk. Peter David can be a good writer. I just don't ever like what he has to say about, like, big philosophical ideas. I don't think that's that ever interests me in any way. Well, and I think... So I'm right there with you. Like, like Peter, like we are, we have talked about a lot of Peter David comics, and we're going to talk about a lot more because he's one of the most yeah. consistent workers at Marvel, um, creators at Marvel from you know the mid '80s to present day. Uh, but I think at, Peter David can do superhero stuff really well. Has a great yeah. grasp on the Marvel universe, on character development, on having fun in Marvel comics, which is like, you know, there's value in that, right? Like the reason the Hulk stuff is so appealing is there's regular comedy beats. You grow to like, you know, characters like Rick Jones and Marlowe and Betty and Hulk develop a comedic relationship. And it's like, you know, stuff that hadn't really been there at the heart of Hulk, you know, for sure. Um, I think when he, yes, I think when he tries to really have something to say or work with issues that are much bigger and more serious and require yeah frankly require research and perspectives outside <laughs> of his own you know what i mean yep. it often doesn't feel like the legwork was done maybe it was i don't know behind the scenes you know like like how much went into it but it often feels like you're really shorthanding stuff that requires significantly more gravity and that is how this book feels but it, it happens with like six different <laughs> topics in a very short span and we're just talking about the first issue here um and it's not just that like i disagree you know like i, I think a lot of times it gets mistaken you know criticism where it's like yeah. oh well you just disagree with the politics like there aren't outright politics stated even like that's part of the yeah, problem like, like it's, there's no development it's too confusing like he what he's trying to say is too confused for me to know if i agree or disagree <laughs> i just yeah. don't really know what he's getting at yeah. for the most part like like with the suicide bomber so okay so there's this woman muslim woman goes onto a bus with um bombs strapped to her buxom chest and uh which the fact that the art makes a point in in both women's case to show their large breasts is like yeah <laughs> okay thanks um so she goes onto this bus and she's gonna blow it up and she sees a white woman sitting there with a baby and seemingly gets really mad about that specifically i don't even know what the emotional reaction is supposed to be i don't think Chris cross is very good on this uh, book um yeah I, I i mean i read it as like no she's having doubts yeah by okay seeing that but she still has to go through it maybe it's I that <laughs> but like <laughs> maybe she has gas like yeah, i don't know it could unclear. be a few it's very unclear yeah, yeah. Um, so, so she's going to blow up this bus and Janice Fell swoops in as one of the things he's going to stop and he prevents her and he throws the bombs into space and then he brings her back down to earth. So he's not going to kill her because Rick says don't kill humans. And, uh, and then the white woman who was on the bus, she walks up with her baby, pulls a gun and shoots the woman in, in the middle of the street. Okay. Um, so all of that is like, I genuinely don't know what the point is. I genuinely don't know what the commentary is supposed to be. It's not that I disagree with it in terms of like some sort of statement because I don't think there's a clear statement to be made. I honestly, I don't know. I guess it's hard to say. Like, I don't know that I would prefer that there's a really gross statement that I could obviously disagree with. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that would be worse. Um, But it's like, it's very muddled. And then by the end of the six issues, by the end of the six issues, like, David makes a point to, okay, now in things coming back together and course correcting, we're going to stop the woman from shooting her, right? And it's like, I don't know. There's just, like, I, I think Peter David thinks he's doing something here. Um, yeah. I just have no idea what it's supposed to be, and it's all incredibly ineffective. Um, I mean, it's... 
like th- there are some interesting ideas in it. Like in the second or third issue, Marv, um, Janice Vell is going to the Punisher for advice. I like that. Which I is like, like, like stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's interesting. That like he's going all completely over the deep end and like getting advice from the worst possible person to ask advice about, <laughs> yeah. like life too. Um, and I think I don't know. I think it's trying to do the Doctor Manhattan, even like even almost the Miracle Man thing of like mm. super a Superman type being having control, like. Trying to decide what to do with his power and deciding that like he should have control or he he can decide what is good or wrong, and him trying to grapple with that, and like it goes into kind of like Janice Vell going into a full fascistic uh, stance and becoming god, um, yeah. And so it feels like it's criticizing that, it's criticizing the fact that Janice Vell is taking that approach to to the world like that like he should control everything and that way everything should be better but then it also has like the opinion that everyone who's doing crime is a, a literal demon who has been killing people since they were in the crib like literally that's the character someone yeah. takes an uh hostage uh, hostage and um Jennifer's like oh i'm gonna let you kill that guy because the hostage you just took is a murderer who has killed his own sister in the crib. It's like, wh- why is everyone who do, who, ha- why is every poor people in this the worst person you can literally imagine? You know, and this like, is, that's a, not... this is a criticism I remember Zach had. Of, yeah. Yeah. Oh, spectacular Spider-Man. I want to say, I think during the sin eater saga, and that's a Peter David story. I mean, that's a very common superhero problem. Like, yeah, but I think though... David, hit, I, I just think he hits it like too hard too often. You know, I do yeah, think there's yeah. some, some creator well especially because usually it's very background like it's not the focus of the story well, uh-huh. well i guess in the scene saga it is it is kind of the focus but here like he's literally trying to discuss whether the hero should be like what his reaction to crime and tragedy should be and war and it's like you you kind of want to have your cake and eat too peter david right. um <laughs> in a way it's like you can't i don't know it's it's very confused and it's like it's very I mean it's it's very Stanley in walking the fence trying to to keep the status quo yeah. in some ways it's like we we still think criminals should be punished and are the worst people on earth but we shouldn't go too far and it's like you I don't know yeah it's like you didn't think enough before you wrote this like you know if you really want to to write a big cosmic story about what god should decide should take some time to reflect on that and on what you want your characters to do and be like well what kind of statements you want to make like if you're going to write something that i mean that's the thing that like yeah. you know, we just read obviously the starlin thanos stuff where it's talking about just massive cosmic awareness and these giant stakes and you have a character like <laughs> spending pages upon pages like talking through what they're going to do and figuring it out. But it, and it's also very theoretical. It's very cosmic. It's not like Thanos isn't going around stopping drug dealers. It's not like, what do like, I do about this specific issue and what is the solution? Specific, very real-life crime, which is stuff that we see in Captain Marvel. And I don't think Peter David is taking that seriously. I think he's approaching it exactly in the same way that he approaches like big cosmic uh, stuff and like cosmic uh, messiah like yeah. he puts that on he has the exact same approaches to to those two things and i don't think that quite works you know i think part of the it's not something i would have thought of until you started talking about you know kind of the stan lee walk in the center approach to some of the issues where it's like all right we want to give like you know a, a little crumbs here to the to the yeah. liberals <laughs> but uh <laughs> but we need to walk it back it actually feels very much like a comic that is indebted to the comics code um, where it's like, you know, like when yeah. these creators are like kind of too, too on the fence about everything, it feels like a thing where it's like adhering to the comics code and it's in the worst possible ways. Well, it's probably not a thing they were thinking about at this point, 2003, but it's like, it's like, take a stance, like have some clarity around, yeah. around a stance. I mean, the, the one piece of clarity, like a moment that I like that is clear about what it's trying to do is Punisher says, you know, okay, I'm going to kill this criminal They're You know, they're a mass murderer. And Janice Vell says, so are you. It's a really good moment. Um, And it's like, okay, there's some clarity around a perspective on this character. Um, And then Janice Vell 
you know, goes home with Punisher and reads all his war manuals. <laughs> like, and they become <laughs> pals. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I just... I remembered liking this run, and we're definitely not going to read more of it because reading it this time <laughs> was pretty brutal. Um, Rick Jones is trapped in the microverse the whole time. I feel like Jack's going to, or Jack, um, Zach's going to enjoy that. The fact that Rick is is trapped and having a generally bad yeah. time. Uh, well, he's trapped, but he still has half of the screen time. He does get a lot of. <laughs> so a lot I don't know out. how. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Uh, everything progresses to some massively cosmic stakes. Um, Janice Bell's <laughs> cosmic awareness leads him into contact with Entropy, and who is the um, what the son of Eternity. Yeah, I think I think at one point they kind of pull the Marvel Universe to the end, and like they they restart the universe as well. <laughs> There's a lot. If you tried to map out, you know, just between these books, like okay, who did the Big Bang? Like like you are like good luck. Like Thanos is there, Janice Bell is there. It's a party. Um, yeah, well, I, like. <laughs> Ewing will have a would have a field day like oh we're on the twenty fifth uh, cosmos cosmos okay cool I do no, noted I, noted. I, I do like yeah I mean it is interesting like because Stalin's playing with that too and, and with hunger yeah. the cosmic entity where it's like okay you have like someone from a different reality and and it, um, Stalin does a lot of Galactus origin stuff in that book where it's like he comes from a previous reality and and now he's Galactus in this one that stuff that yeah Al Ewing's gonna take and run with in some pretty cool yeah. ways um, but these are all just kind of just kind of laying it out there for somebody else to come along and and do better with later um yeah i mean i i don't know that i have a lot more to say about this captain marvel run i think it's uh you know we talked about the problems with the first issue specifically i think they they calm down as peter david sinks more and more into like you said kind of this you know dollar store dr manhattan kind of story um and and the cosmic awareness of janice bell i mean i think that is it's it's the right take on this character I guess I'll say that. Like, it is the right take on this character to have this kind of uninteresting son of Captain Marvel become just totally overwhelmed by these abilities. I like that approach to a Captain Marvel who is, who has the cosmic awareness. I think it's a good way, too, to, like, you know, kind of explain, because that's such a vague ability. That's, it's such a 70s, you know, cosmic sensibility that Starlin throws in there. And I, I do think there's a success in modernizing that to the point where it's like, yeah, it's like, it's impossible. <laughs> like, nobody can handle this. No mind can Yeah, I mean, this. I'm glad that Peter David is really delving into the fact that uh, having cosmic awareness makes you a sex god, apparently. <laughs> um, and takes, like, three full pages to explain. I mean, let let me read some, <laughs> some of Please. Peter David's prose Please. here. Um, so this is uh, reading for the, the very mouth of uh, Janice Vell. Um she never stood a chance, really. When we part ways, as is inev- inevitable, she will not be able to find another man who can ple- pleasure her in the way one possessed of cosmic awareness can. <laughs> the knowledge of what she can never have again will, in time, destroy her. <laughs> Wh- <laughs> what? <laughs> uh-huh, sure, man. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. It's very Mark Miller in that way, of like That's trying to have some move. big ideas and then you throw a random thing that takes you away surprising like what 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 huh well and that's why does magneto eat people that's the thing too you know you mentioned this early and we didn't really come back to it but like peter david has a sense of humor and it might it might grade on you sometimes i appreciate (laughs) listen i'm a fan of puns you know i i can i can work with a pun man you know i think his hulk can be quite funny in the early 90s i think he's really funny in 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 those hulk issues like specifically i can't remember what the name of the artist is that takes over outside that mike fallon who has like kind of a cleaner style during the dale count era probably yeah uh like i can think of some very funny stuff from that even just visually yeah sure here it's just like it's so snarky and well, and I think it, it really grates against the kind of story you're otherwise trying to tell. Yeah. Um, whereas you, when you're doing that nostalgic throwback previous run, yeah, throw your gags in, right? Like what's like that's the point. Like have fun with it. This book is simultaneously trying to be super serious and have you know these kind of snarky, goofy jokes, yeah. and I think that stylistically really great. You know, it, like in Miracle Man. Alan Moore is not like whipping out like his hilarious like book of puns, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like it just <laughs> it doesn't also need to be that. Um, so yeah, this this book was a massive disappointment. I would say so far in the early two thousands, like generally, I've been saying I was worried about this, but we reread it, and I'm glad to say it's still good. I'm glad to say it really holds up. This is probably the one that let me down the most. <laughs> yeah, nice. like I I in no way endorse this anymore. 
Um, I mean, it's very like what you think of when you can think of like the most 2003 comic. It's kind of this. Yeah, for like, sure. It's very 2003. I mean, it, it really um, is too, because yeah. like that opening scene of like a Muslim terrorist. Like, like listen, we are post 9/11. We are immediate aftermath of this stuff. It is weighing heavily on everyone's minds, yeah. and some comics acknowledge that, and this is one of them. And you're gonna get some uncomfortable attempts to work through that i think yeah uh, this is an example i think this is definitely an example um but it's it listen if that was the one thing you know you could make a point <laughs> and be like all right like you're you know it was it was fresh you know and blah 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 but uh it's it's not it's not the no it's, thing, it's kind of throughout yeah, yeah. righty. on that positive note um <laughs> i mean interesting comics i think interesting comics to have read i think it's interesting to see these attempts at massive cosmic scale i mean i think ultimately charlotte i net out where you are which is to say okay i think we've i think we've banged this drum enough like like i think we've spun the tires enough here on resetting the universe and going as big as humanly possible these stories kind of have a limit and aren't the most engaging what else can we do in the cosmic space it is – I also felt kind of the missing potential of, okay, we're doing those huge, inter- like, not even intergalactic, like, really cosmic in, like, the nature of the universe. I got Australian here for a second. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the nature. Um, That's why we love you. Your accent work. It's so good. <laughs> Perfect. You've been doing a French um, accent this whole time, and it's a put-on. Yeah, no one knows that I'm actually Spanish. No, I'm, I'm really not. <laughs> Um, uh, like it's very cosmic, but it does. It never focuses on the actual like more galactic politics of it. Yeah. Um, like you see the Kree and the Skulls and the Shi'ar, but they they all feel kind of the same. Like just imperialist. Im- what Australia is just con- contaminating me. Um, imperialist, I got it. Yeah, <laughs> imperialist. Like, but it never has. It never feels quite lived in, and I don't think. Because the writers aren't really interested in that. No. They're more interested in the singular characters and the big, like, cosmic entities. I think we're... I, mean, I, I, I think it's coming in Annihilation and the, those kinds of, like, Abnet and Lanning, I think, do a bit of that. But it's missing those... That personality, I guess, to the different empires and races of, uh, of the Marvel cosmos. Because here it's yeah. like... The scrolls and the Shi'ar and the Kree are all kind of inter- intergener- interchangeable. Yeah, I think Holy Starling hell, I, has a <laughs> has a healthy mouth. respect for it with the regalians. Like he's like he's played with yeah. all the cosmic stuff. He likes his Kirby. Um yeah. but uh but it's not the focus. I mean it's just not quite the point. But yeah, I mean I do think it's gonna be I mean, probably three ish years. In yeah. two thousand five we'll start to get the seeds. And then in two thousand six Marvel Cosmic will come back hot. I think is what'll yeah. happen. So it it'll be a minute, but we're gonna get there in terms of like what a modern Marvel Cosmic looks like. Um, this is yeah, this is all throwback for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it's you know I think that's something that generally, with the exception of like the way we're Ringo Fantastic Four, I'm just not as into um, reading these days. So next time on part four, we're gonna do a weird hodgepodge of I don't even know what's call them. Some I guess like some of like Marvel's like YA attempts. Why is not yeah. totally accurate here, but Mystique, Runaways, and Emma Frost. And then we're going to read one Wolverine issue. And I don't even remember why I put it in here. <laughs> I think it's six. Like, we'll find on out. On the list I'm looking at, it's six issues of Wolverine. Wolverine number six. Because 2003 starts the Greg Rucka oh, written. Oh, number six. Okay. Yeah, issue number six. And uh, 2003 starts the Greg Rucka written Wolverine run. And obviously the last time I put a Greg Rucka written comic, Electron here, everybody loved it. So I was just like, I got to do yeah. one more. Let, let's do more. Uh, Derek Robertson, though, is the artist of The Boys, not... Uh, so it will not be with Chuck Austin, Zach's favorite artist, <laughs> sadly. I mean, I mean, I think what I'll be missing the most is like the cheesecake Wolverine on the co- on the cover, like Wolverine in exactly the same pose and like amount of nakedness than Elektra is in those uh, in those Elektra covers. Like that's that's what's missing from uh, you know what you <laughs> say that level. you say that, but I think this I think the 2003 Wolverine number six cover, if I'm remembering correctly. Isn't oh, is Isad Rubich one drawn of him oh, just like crotch out? <laughs> at a bar. That's incredible. <laughs> I think okay, it's actually been never hung up mind. As very sultry. <laughs> I cannot wait to read this issue. Then. Yeah, yeah, incredible. yeah. It's not. I mean, Isad Rubich isn't doing the interiors, so there's no telling. But like, I actually think this is like 
pretty like pretty esteemed in queer yeah, circles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. No. Agreed. Yeah. I love that cover. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm excited now. <laughs> All right. Good deal. Uh, okay. I'm Dave. You can find us over at comicarol.com. This is my marvelous year. You can support us over at patreon.com/slash my marvelous year. Um, if you're a huge 2002 to 2004 Captain Marvel fan, uh, my apologies. But also, <laughs> you know, l- let us know in the Slack if you're a slacker. Yeah. And you dig this because I. I just do remember it feeling interesting. Maybe the best stuff comes later. If you're, I don't know, let if us you're know. Dave from 2013, please please contact please. us. We'd love to hear from you. Let me know. What was I doing? What was I thinking? I was a different <laughs> person then, I promise. Um, yep. it, is, it is interesting, I will say, Charlotte. Like, definitely. I mean, I definitely had more to talk about on this than I did on the, those uh, other 2000 issues of... Uh... Oh, Captain Marvel. Yeah, right. yeah, right. He's had some meat on the bones. The meat wasn't that good, but it was there. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, there's plenty to chew on. Um, okay, good deal. I think that does it. Music besides Dash Peace. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And as always, we'll see you next year. See you next year. Uh-huh.